This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Well, guys, it's uh, been a marathon, but we're here. Top Rope Nation, as promised, is live on the air. WrestleMania 35 just wrapped up just a little bit ago. And uh, I'm sitting here getting ready. We're setting up the pre- the uh, post show, and I'm thinking I'm not sure if this was the wisest decision or not. But uh, we're gonna do it. It's late. Uh, I got Kyle Ross on the line here with me, and a special guest, Mr. Joe Dorian, who has been on the show many times before. He used to write for my old website, Top Rope Press, as well. We always enjoy having him on. Justin Joint is not gonna make it tonight. We apologize for that. But Justin will be back later this week with. Uh, I guess it'll be episode 93, I believe. But uh, yeah, WrestleMania in the books. Like I said, guys, marathon. Uh, eight hours later, we're here to break it down. Did you guys watch the pre-show? Did you guys turn it on at, at 4, 5 Eastern, I guess? Kyle, were you watching it right from the start? I'm a broadcast professional, yes. Absolutely. Got to see every minute. Joe. Oh, yeah. 5 o'clock Eastern, it started. I was there. I was ready. Yeah. So if you watch the pre-show for two hours, you watch the main roster show, you're you're probably burned out. But if you're joining us here on, on YouTube, we appreciate you, you tuning in. If you're listening on Monday morning to get our thoughts on WrestleMania, appreciate that too. As always, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. We would appreciate it. If you're here on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. It helps out, helps us grow the show. Uh, leave us a comment here in the live chat. Let us know what you thought of WrestleMania 35, your your match of the night, what you thought was the weakest point in the show. And uh, guys, I kind of want to just start out by comparing what we saw tonight with last year and maybe even just the previous few WrestleManias and kind of where we think this one ranks overall. Because I thought probably during the first half of the show that this one was blowing away last year's WrestleMania. And it pains me to say that since I was at WrestleMania last year. But I just thought the highs for this show were a lot higher than anything on, on last year's event. Um, wow. Yeah, I thought like there was nothing last year. Brian's comeback was cool, but there was nothing that rivaled Kofi Kingston's championship victory. And I don't fault them for having the women main event. I thought that was a cool moment. Um, it's not like they're not worthy to main event, but if you look at it in hindsight, I mean, that was clearly the peak of the show. And it, if the show would have closed out with Kofi Kingston's title win, I, I think that probably would have been a little bit better. I think the crowd was a little bit burned out by the time we got to 
uh, the Finn Balor match in particular, uh, me and Joe were talking about that off air. It sucks when you're watching a Finn Balor match and you're ready to move on, but that's kind of where we were at by that point in the show. And then I even felt like in the main event, the crowd was just kind of out of it a little bit for a lot of it. So um, something to always keep in mind with outdoor shows is, and you know, this is like my issue whenever they announce they're doing an outdoor show is the heat just the the crowd noise just goes up. Yeah, you know, and and it it, it that's why you know John Cena's talked about this before in, in random documentaries they've done that you know whether indoor outdoor he always prefers that smaller arena. For us, I, I think it was the WrestleMania, the history of WrestleMania doc they did when they when the decision was made at 23 that they were always doing a big venue. John's like, you know, I kind of liked always, you know, doing the the 20,000 seat places because you could always get that hot crowd. But you know, there's obviously very legitimate business reasons why they have gone to big places. So mm-hmm. uh, in the chat room, Jacob he says that he thinks it was better than last year. He's sad about the revival's title loss, which happened on the pre-show. If you guys didn't see that, the revival. Lost to Ryder and Hawkins, so the uh, losing streak is over. I actually thought that was a pretty cool moment. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy those guys' podcasts, so I guess maybe I've been a little more invested in them lately as characters. But I thought it was cool, them being hometown guys. I'm sure they're probably not going to have the titles very long. Um, it was a cool moment for the live crowd. They popped pretty big for the for the tag title switch. But I think the Revival will probably have them back in short order here. Uh, Joe, how did you think this uh, WrestleMania compared with last year's event? I mean, I, I like this year's show. I know that, I mean, we're going to have to, I guess, talk about the length and whether or not they need to consider making some changes there. You know, I know you guys have talked about the podcast. Justin's big on split it into two nights, but I mean, it, it's tough to keep your energy up, whether you're there or you're sitting on your couch or, you know, you're indoor or outdoor. I, it's tough to keep energy up when you're looking at a seven, eight hour show. And uh, yeah, like you, like we talked about before, you know, a little while ago, it's, it's, they're really putting people in tough spots like, uh, Balor and Lashley, um, you know, the R-Truth and Carmella thing was tough. Uh, I mean, I don't know when they're back in the writer's room and they're saying this is a good time for a, who's saying this is a good time for a dance break? <laughs> like they could have uh, crapped immediate. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to look at changing some stuff. I understand the, the, desire to get as many people as possible on the card i'm all for it um but tough stuff yeah i wouldn't want to have to lay out a show like this i mean it's it's pretty difficult you know you got to spread out the the title matches now i was pretty shocked that the universal title match went on right away like it did i mean the match is pretty short too but uh you always want to start out the show pretty hot so that i i didn't have that many i didn't really have any issues i guess with that going out first but i was definitely shocked that that was that was right away. And, you know, just kind of wrap up the kickoff show thing. I don't usually watch them even on the shorter pay-per-views, ironically. But uh, I thought this kickoff show, like the four matches were pretty good. I was surprised Tony Nese won the Cruiserweight title right off the bat. Um, I think Braun Strowman was what we all expected um, as far as winning the men's rumble. And uh, the women's rumble, what did you guys think about that one? Were you surprised at the result? Were What'd you think about how they went about doing that, Kyle? Are you there, Kyle? Cannot hear you. Can you hear him, Joe? No. Uh-oh. The microphone has had it tonight. <laughs> Joe, what do you think of the women's rumble? 
Uh, I thought it was interesting. I I think it makes sense that they had the two they had the two battle royals and you had very very heavy favorites in each. So I'm not surprised that they had you know uh, as far as Oscar and uh, Braun Strowman go. So I'm not surprised that they had one of them lose. Uh, Carmella was an interesting decision. Uh, I they they had me biting on Sarah Logan for a minute. I thought she was gonna get a. She was going to pick up the win, but uh, I'm okay with Carmella. I'm wondering if it's going to mean anything or if they were just doing, you know, as they say, a swerve just for the sake of a swerve. And they they wanted to to have someone get over as opposed to the obvious choice in the Oscar. Yeah. Are you there, Kyle? Still not working. You might have to log back in. Try that. <laughs> just try logging out, logging back in. Hit that Hangouts link again. Uh, yeah, I thought... Uh, on the men's side, there you almost had to have Braun Strowman win the way it would have been uh, built up with the SNL guys and everything. On the women's side, I felt like Asuka winning was super predictable. And yeah. I, th- I thought if it wasn't going to be Asuka, honestly, personally, I talked about this on the preview show, I thought uh, Mandy Rose would probably win it, being kind I, of a local. Yeah, I was feeling that too, especially for some reason when the match started about – Four seconds into it, she almost got tossed out, and she hung on to the ropes. And as, for some reason, as soon as I saw that, I uh, I was like, "Huh, Mandy Rose, kind of a dark horse right now." But um, yeah, yeah, I thought like the reports were out there when Oscar still had the belt that Oscar and Mandy was a match they were likely going right. to do at WrestleMania. So you know, they're we know, we've known they're pretty high on Mandy for a long time, and so that seemed like. Plus, she's a New York girl. You know, that would that would be a cool moment for her. But uh, Carmella also, <laughs> you get the right. New Jersey connection. So that makes sense, too. Um, I feel like Mandy has more upside long term. But uh, it's, it's not like we were texting about this during the show. It's not a huge deal. Big deal either way. It's not like this is going to make or break any characters. It's a, it's a cool thing, I guess, for them to get on the show and everything. But uh, it's not not much to build off of in, in the uh, long run. Kyle, it's it working now. Is it? It is. I can hear you. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, to double back to your original question about comparing it to last year and the previous year, I was, I don't know if I agree with what you said compared to last year about like halfway through being significantly better. I remember, I mean, you texted that. I thought the first half of last year's show was really good. You had the open, the, Opening three-way was good. Charlotte and Asuka was really good, even though the finish was kind of infuriating. And the Ronda Kurt versus Triple H and Stephanie was, like, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that really last year didn't lose me until late. And then, like, the main event was obviously in, a, in abortion. But um, This one kind of, I started to trail off a little earlier, but obviously, you know, the main event was a lot more satisfying. I would say compared to the previous two WrestleManias, I would put them, if I was to rank all the WrestleManias in a row, it would be pretty close to the last two years. And I think this one actually may have fewer peaks and fewer valleys. The, the, obviously the peak of this show to me was, and I think for most people, it's going to be Kofi Kingston beating Daniel Bryan. Yeah. But overall, I think it was like more consistent. Like, I, th- nothing was out and out horrible on this show either. I mean, you know, when you go back to Orlando for 33, there was nothing like Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt wrestling on an image of worms. That was obviously a disgrace. <laughs> you know, the main event last year was very bad. You, you didn't have anything 
that negative. Um, the elephant in the room, and I, and I want to avoid it, but it has to be addressed, is the length. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure if two nights is the answer because it logistically would be a nightmare. And my God, the whining that would ensue when people, you know, bitched. Oh, you know, I bit even going in. Oh, man, I bought Saturday and Sunday's card looks so much better. I don't want to hear any of that. So I don't know what the answer is at all. But yeah, there there is kind of a sense of fatigue, but by God, I love pro wrestling. It's one o'clock Eastern, and I'm going to do a podcast, and I'm going to be happy about it. <laughs> We're damn glad to have you here, Kyle. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the answer is either, other than maybe having some tough discussions like we got to cut this down, and not everyone can be on the show because the reason it's so long is they're trying to get every single person on the show. So th- 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 there's an issue, okay? And the issue is, and I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago on the show, when you have all these matches, you know, in the old days of, you know, WrestleMania's five through seven, there was like 14 matches on those shows, but the expectation for the in-ring product was nowhere near what it is today. So you could just get away with a lot of three minute, nothing matches. I mean, if you go back and look at the times on some of those matches, I mean, there were, there were three minute WrestleMania matches. Um, and, Quite frankly, you watch them and there was really no desire for them to go any longer. Now the expectation is, well, you want all these good matches. Well, if you're someone who's complaining about length, like, and but you want all these people on the show, I you're kind of arguing against yourself. And that's what I don't know what the answer is. I mean, yeah, you can just go to fewer matches, but then you're going to get all the whining and fapping about all the people left off the card. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, I always try to think of an answer for this podcast. I do not have a good answer what to do with managing the length of the show. I had a bunch of people over here at the house. It was something that they, you know, other people constantly mentioned. Um, for the record, I thought the pacing of the show was great. We had texted this, Ryan, and our thing. I think first half of the show, the show did not feel long. Pacing felt great. It wasn't until Triple H Batista that all of a sudden I began to feel a little long in the tooth. Yeah, that match was long. <laughs> As ironically, lo- exactly one minute longer. I think Justin pointed out in our text, uh, exactly one minute longer than Brian and Kofi. Well, well I think yeah. the, the the laugher was that we predicted. We're like, this is the one match that doesn't need to go really long, but obviously will, and it will be in. It will be hurt by it, and I think that was exactly what happened. Yeah. Guys, if you're joining us right now on YouTube, uh, let us know in the live chat what you thought of the show. We'd love to read some of your responses on the air. And if you never tuned into the show before, uh, we're probably going to have some new viewers tonight. This is a weekly podcast. Now, usually we don't stream on YouTube live like this, but we do for Patreon. So if you check out patreon.com slash top rope nation, we record usually Wednesday or Thursday nights weekly. You can check out the live video like we're doing right now. And then the podcast goes out to the world the next day. So if you're a Patreon, you get early access. But sometimes we do these pay-per-view post shows just just for everyone and throw it up on YouTube. So that's what we're doing right now. And uh, we really appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I think we need to just right away jump into this main event and maybe work backwards from there uh, because that's probably what everyone wants to talk about. And there's going to be comparisons drawn between that and the Kofi Bryan match. Now, I think we've we've all kind of agreed that that was the peak of the show was Kofi winning the title. I kind of want to get into if you thought the main event lived up to expectations or not as far as 
not not even just uh the ring work itself but like the pageantry you know it's wrestlemania the entrances the gear everything you know did that live up to what you were expecting for the main event and did you think the match itself fell short or exceeded the expectations that you had so let me start with joe uh what did you think uh yeah, let's start with the entrances. A lot, a few people pointed out with the entrances that, uh, you know, what's going on? Charlotte got the helicopter entrance. Uh, Rousey got the live band entrance and then nothing for Becky. I kind of I would have bet money that they were really going to lean into the Stone Cold thing and Becky was going to come out in some kind of uh, monster trucker. You know, that's kind of what I was going for. And they ended up really doing nothing. And initially I was. I, I thought that was strange, but then I kind of, as she was, as she was getting to the ring, as the entrance was finishing up, I kind of appreciated the, the, the subtleness of it and just not, not going overboard, nothing crazy, you know, going back to the Austin thing, all the comparisons between, you know, the, the Becky build for this match with all the stone cold versus Vince stuff, um, going back to stone cold. Like if you remember stone cold, what made him, him, I feel like his the way he walked was like half of the Stone Cold character, just the way he walked down to the ring, the way he moved. And Becky had that Stone Cold walk on her way down to the ring. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing. I like that she didn't need, uh, you know, the helicopter or anything crazy. The match, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what you guys thought about the match. I thought the match itself was good. That finish was unexpected. I believe yeah. it was their tribute to the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant spot early in WrestleMania three. <laughs> when yeah. Bobby, when Bobby, that was a three. Yeah. That was a three. Damn it! Um, I mean, they, it was, they were hard uh, selling it, so obviously this is going to play into a storyline at some point or a rematch. Yeah. yeah. Um, how immediate that is, we don't know. Uh, it. I don't think I liked it initially. It, it kind of came out of nowhere. And for those out there who were, you know, oh, it should have just been Ronda and Becky. It should have been Ronda versus Becky. It, you know, after all that time, they finally got out there, you know, and maybe the match wasn't as heated as some would have liked. But, like, the spots that were getting the most heat was when it was Becky and Ronda squaring off. Mm -hmm. And I feel the 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 crowd was getting into it right before the finish. And then they just like went right to it. And it was like, what? Yeah. It um, came out of nowhere. It, it, it didn't, it, it felt sudden. Um, the look, I think if you're the big overarching story of this show is a lot, the right people generally won on this show, you know, which is so key to, to professional wrestling. You know, I mean, how many times, you know, okay, sometimes there's a lot of great matches on a show, but we bitch about the booking and, oh, this person shouldn't have gone over, you know. But, you know, this is one where I think for the most part, you know, the right people went over. And, you know, Becky going over was the right call. Was it strong enough? I don't know. Do we feel Becky Lynch is the face of the promotion right now? So, was, no. And was that really the intention? I think we need to revisit that question. Was this match ever designed to make Becky Lynch the face of the promotion, or was it more about this historic thing with having women main event WrestleMania and Becky Lynch being really over just enabled her to win that? 
Right. No, I think I think they had some inclinations that Becky could be that. I mean, there was reports out there about the strong contract offer that they made her and everything. I just feel like this Kofi thing came in out of nowhere and they kind of reversed, like role reversed. Kofi was on the ascent over the last few weeks and the Becky storyline has felt like it was kind of losing some steam. Some of that too is just the fact that they've been building up this Becky Ronda thing for months. And with all this television, like it was bound to lose a little bit. And it, I think it, you started to feel that in the previous few weeks, while at the same time, you got Kofi's storyline, which is fresh, and the crowd was really into that. And again, that's probably why that was the peak of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I thought the, the match itself was all right, but I didn't like the finish that much. It did kind of come out of nowhere. Um, going back, I expected to, it to be wilder. Did yeah. you? Like, I expected him to go wild at the rip. And it was pretty wild, but it like I expected it to be like total chaos. Yeah, and it never it the match never really got chaotic. Um, you know there were some table spots. You know that always what wakes the crowd up. But um, I, look, they were in a tough spot coming out. You know, I, I was like, you know, the guys that were sitting here with me in, in the basement were like, "Oh, the crowd will wake back up for this. The crowd will wake back up for this." And it's like, man, th- these the girls they didn't get in the ring till quarter to midnight. And you know that that worked against them. Yeah. Um, here's in- what I found my oh sorry. Here's what I oh, found I myself just- wondering with the. This is what I was thinking about afterwards with the Becky Lynch thing. So when Becky caught the wave, I feel like she was the wave she caught was as the badass, overlooked style of underdog. They booked her as the scrappy plucky stealing wins type of underdog where she was booked where she was just like a a hurt animal for three months and she couldn't walk to the ring she was fighting on crutches she was getting her ass kicked every single week and they built her as one of those you know one of those like i said plucky underdogs when really she wasn't i feel like that's not what what got her the momentum i feel like she was more like i said someone who had bet had been performing at a high level and was just overlooked as opposed to someone you know and then when she picks up the win like she does here where it's it's kind of like a fluke where she just ended up under ronda and and picked up to picked up the pin that way it, it makes me wonder if they maybe didn't know what kind of character they had with the becky thing and you know what i mean yeah, I think those are all good points. Um, before we get back to that, I was I wanted to read some of the uh, the chat uh, that we've had coming in. Uh, Kirk said he hated the finish. Felt Rhonda. He felt uh, if Rhonda felt she was wronged, she wouldn't have just left the ring. Uh, Becky hype peaked weeks ago. We we're kind of getting into that a second ago. Jacob kind of agrees with that. Uh, we're wondering. Kirk also wonders what happened to Dark Rhonda. Thought we were going to get that. Chad says the helicopter entrance was poorly done. The continuity was awful. <laughs> so got lots to cover there too. But uh, I, I know I it was a pretty at. standard thing. I thought it was a pretty standard, you know, pre-tape to live. Um, and just like because they, they did stuff with didn't they do something with like Cena where he was allegedly racing down like the street? What mania was that? Well, yeah, that was uh, twenty three. I think wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. when they were in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think I think maybe what he's getting at, and may, maybe if Chad's still here, he can clarify. But 
Mm-hmm. It was like done out of sequence, which they kind of had. To okay, do, I was thinking like, you know, when she's walking in the parking lot, all right, they can't go right to the venue and have her walking in. Now it's going to take a while to get to the uh, entrance way. Right? Yeah, that was weird how like, yeah, they did that. And then it was Rana's entrance and then back to Charlotte. By the way, yeah. both champions entering before the challenger. Ryan, how did you feel about that? Uh, also thought that was odd, but Becky... Being Be- like Becky's the, the baby face, yeah. yeah, and they want to build up to it. Yeah, there was, Steve one, Austin. There was a match earlier where it was more bizarre, and the champion. Oh, the the women's tag Uso. match. They came out right yeah. away. Yeah, the Usos were the first ones introduced. Yeah, and also I think Becky and Sasha. Oh, or yeah, not Becky yeah, and they're... Sasha, Bailey and Sasha. I think they came out first too. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Which was yeah, Steve Austin. Steve Austin came out second in the Mania 14 main event. No one complains about that. Yeah, <laughs> but I wanted to go back to something Joe was talking about a little bit ago before I forget with the uh, the entrances. I thought the way Becky's been building up her slogans on air and everything with the man coming around, I thought almost certainly they were going to do some kind of Johnny Cash entrance. Somebody Ooh. tweeted that about two to three weeks ago, and you know what? I am a huge nerd. So I played the song <laughs> and closed my eyes and tried picturing it for a Mania theme song. And I was like, they are not going to use this. Even if they just use like a clip of it as like an intro yeah. or something, though. It would have made for a really good video on like a go home raw, maybe. I think. But I just I was like trying to think to myself, I was like, all right, let's picture. So I'm like, eh, this is not going to work for Mania entrance song. It's just not. Yeah. Well, so that that did surprise me. Her entrance definitely she had the she had the the walk, the Austin walk, like Joe said. But her entrance didn't have the hype that the other two have. That's true. But then again, she's not the champion. Um, there's some other things in the match though that were kind of bizarre. Number one, I don't know what they did with the micro microphone sensitivity in that match. But did you guys notice how like every little breath in the ring you could hear? It was like really loud. They were just grunting yeah. and breathing. Like, yeah, I don't know what that was. That was weird. It was like they turned up the micro- microphone sensitivity. And then the other thing is, whose gear was cutting everybody? I mean, I think it was Becky's because Charlotte's elbow got cut really bad and Rhonda's elbow got cut really bad. And so and instantly I thought it was someone's gear that was causing this to happen because uh, they didn't really do anything in the match out of the ordinary where it would like lead to them both getting really bad cuts like that. But did you did you guys notice that? I actually missed that. Yeah, they were both bleeding all no, over did, the place. Yeah. All the people yeah, yeah, I was I uh, watching with noticed it right away. Like, uh, I think uh, I think Charlotte was no Rhonda was first. Rhonda started bleeding first, and then a little while later, Charlotte was bleeding first. And first, I thought it was Charlotte's gear with all the jewels on it and everything. But then when she got cut too, I'm like, well, it can't be her. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. But that was a lot of stuff. Just kind of seemed off in that match. Like I said, it was fine, but um, I don't think it lived up to the expectations I had in my mind. Uh, I think it. That, the expectation below. is a dirty word. Yeah, it is because I think the expectations things. were very high for the match and. Maybe it's just the finish kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but it just, it didn't live up to it. No. So what is Beck? All right. So finish question mark. I think we've all agreed on that. Becky's trajectory moving forward. What is that going to be like? So I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to get around the two title thing, because I think it's a short term thing that they have the titles combined. And so, so I've heard conflicting stuff about that. I heard reports that they're making a new title or something like that. Somebody reported. Yeah, they were supposedly going to be new tag titles debuting 
and didn't see that. Those were yeah. supposedly ready tonight, so maybe they're holding that off for tomorrow or something. I don't know. But, you know, and then uh, there was a report that they're going to, you know, maybe do Becky and Stephanie as a feud. Ooh. That could be like an interim thing. Oh, well, I mean, you, to redo Austin <laughs> McMahon. I mean, I don't know. I mean, in their mind, that's how you make a top baby face. You have them feud with the authority. I'm not saying it's awesome, but, you know. She already has kind of been doing that, though. Yeah, but it hasn't been like that one-on-one personal dynamic. So I don't know. And obviously then in the back, you know, in the back pocket, you have a very clear one-on-one Becky Ronda rematch coming. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we speculated uh, a lot that that was going to be the case, that they were going to yeah. do something to, to save for that. So we, I think we definitely okay. saw that. Before I don't know how much more we want to talk about this match, but I just want to... Do, do we have any more? Because I just want to reiterate a question and yeah, then we can all just answer. Okay. Was this match intended to make Becky Lynch definitively the face of the company, or was it more about doing a historical moment with the first women's main event? I don't know that you can answer that because I think it started out as just doing a historical moment and then Becky caught fire. And then for a while, they probably believed she could be the face of the company. And I'm not saying she can't be. But at this moment, she doesn't have the heat that Kofi, like the hype that Kofi Kingston has. Um, well, no, and we'll get to him in a little bit too, because we'll, we'll put a thing on that. I, I guess it can be both. You're right. It doesn't have to be an either or. But I think to me, like the, there were a lot of people like, Becky's the one, you know, put Becky on every poster. She's Steve Austin. And I, I don't know if that was fair to Becky, first off. Uh, and. I think WWE in their minds, this was more, I think it was more making a, having a historical match than necessarily establishing her uh, as the face of the promotion. Not that she can't be. Well, I think the, uh, the combining the titles though is maybe a nod that they're, they're yes. leaning in that direction. Yes. Uh, so, again, yes, that's a very good point. Yes. So we'll, we'll see how that, how that plays out in the coming weeks and how hard they, they push Becky as the new champion. Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think just kind of going back to what I said before, I think if you, if your intention is to make Becky the face of the company, then you want her picking up the win, maybe in a more dominant fashion or in in a more clean fashion, as opposed to, again, her kind of stealing the win. Um, So I'd have to say I'm leaning more towards the latter as far as they wanted to, to put another notch on the first ever belt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Again, though, I mean, I think, I think it's a deal where they're like, they very clearly want to do Becky and Ronda one-on-one. So, you know, when that is, um, how that would go down, you know, we don't know. But, you know, I think kind of they're like, all right, let's see how, you know, I mean, obviously if this Becky thing works great, you know, you do that match, you have Becky beat Ronda clean as a sheet, and we all go home happily ever after. So to transition here, what did you guys think overall was the best match on the show? If if you're grading the show match by match, match of the night, to you guys, what was the match of the night? For me, it's for me, it's Brian Kofi. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so I, we're all in agreement. I would there. be shocked if someone said something different. Like yeah. you know, like there's a like I always try not to be like definitive and like yeah, okay, I can see that. But you know, there are instances when it's just like man, sometimes like this match is the best one, and I just. I can't see an argument for that not being the best match. I mean, that's what we're here. That's what we're here for, right? That yeah. that type of match and that type of moment. That's why we're here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought going in there was maybe like three matches that could steal the show. Um, that one, I thought AJ Orton had a chance at it. And uh, yeah, Kofi Bryan. What's the third one? It's late. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> what was the third one? I, was the, I, I can't remember. Probably the main There's event. The, well, probably, probably the, the main event. event. Yeah. Yeah. Angle those three, I, think. I think that's right. Yeah. Those three, I thought probably the, the match of the night was going to be one of those three. But uh, yeah, I think I think Brian Kofi easily. Now, is there one match that really underwhelmed you that you know didn't live up to the hype or that you were the most angry about, Kyle, shaking your fist in anger at the end of the night? Mm, no, there right, was or one. one that you like disagreed with. You, you said a, a minute ago that uh, pretty much everything you thought went as planned or as it should go. I I think I would tend to agree with that as well. Um, yeah, there was a thing. There was a ma- there was you know maybe a match or two where the result was surprising, but in, in neither instance did it bother me. Like I don't think there was anything flagrantly wrong about this show. You know, like again go back to last year the main event was flagrantly wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> uh with brock going over roman um you know there's you know there's a lot of instances of resumes where someone's like that was a wrong call and you know sometimes it's easier to you know point to that and right in with the benefit of a few months of hindsight but nothing to me on this show stood out as oh my god that was just a huge mistake yeah, I think where the show kind of started to lose its momentum, at least when we were when we were chatting about it in our our group text, was uh, the cor- around the Corbin Angle match. That was the only one where we kind of were down on it a little bit. I think when we did our pre-show last week, we all three said that Angle would win. We said we we saw the benefits of Corbin winning because he's going to be around, and then oh. we all kind of like laughed, like yeah, but he. Angle's not going to lose to Baron Corbin, and then he did. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, and what what a WrestleMania moment that is! I, <laughs> are, are, well, are we going to? I mean, I guess should we? Are, are we going to just work backwards, match by match? By the way, I mean, I, just I think we're know. just kind of jumping around a little bit. I don't know that we're going to do our usual every single oh, match. Okay. We'll just see how it comes up. In okay, well, well, I mean, we could just. I mean, Finn, Finn was. I mean, I guess we, we just skipped over that, but that was pretty much by the numbers. I mean, it was not yeah. a good match, but it was what it needed to be. Um, obviously put late in the show, you knew it was going to be, you know, it, it, everyone's like, all right, this needs to be pretty quick. Crowd <laughs> was not was. into it. Yeah. No, but it was in a tough spot that late in the show again. Yeah. Um, so I like that Corbin went over. I thought though, he's not here with us to talk about it, but our, our other third guy, Justin joint made a really good point in our group yes. text. Though. And I've thought about this. I've thought about this. So tell the people what his point okay, was. So Justin said, he didn't get the Corbin victory. He said if that's what they were going to do, they should have swapped uh, Drew McIntyre and Corbin in their roles. And they could have had Drew McIntyre uh, go over Angle. Since, as you guys know, Drew McIntyre lost to Roman Reigns in kind of a blah match. And could have had Baron Corbin in the match with Reigns. And so then Reigns just eats Corbin, beats him pretty easily. But then you have McIntyre, whose long-term prospects are probably quite a bit better than Baron Corbin's, gets the win over Kurt Angle and Angle's final match. And I thought that was an excellent point. And in hindsight, that would have been a much better way to do it. So props to props to Justin Join on that one. I'm going to counter him. All right. The problem would have been the buildup to those matches. I get what he's saying. Yeah, because Corbin had the, the long-term is- story with Angle. Well, not just that. I, I think people, Roman and Corbin, just would not have worked as a WrestleMania match. And here's the problem. So in their mind, they're trying to get this heat, 
for Baron Corbin winning, right? I, th- you know, I mean, this is kind of a ridiculous comparison, but I think they wanted to pan to the crowd and get some goof, kind of looking like you know after Lesnar s- snapped the streak. I think they were going for the shocking thing that no one saw coming. If you put Drew McIntyre in Corbin's spot against Angle, everyone is going to be like, "Oh, well, McIntyre's got to squash him." Mm-hmm. And that's not what they wanted in the build. That's not the mindset they wanted with the fans in the build. They wanted the fans to think it was going to be this kind of like, you know, sappy. Hey, you know, you know, Kurt Angle gets one more win and rides off into the sunset thing. I don't think a lot of people thought bought Baron Corbin winning this match. It was funny with, you know, kind of looking at the Twitter timeline and listening to what the other guys were saying here in my basement, watch the show. I think this podcast from last week was the only one that bought Corbin and McIntyre is having chances to win their respective matches. I don't know that we bought that they would win i think we just we were trying to look at them logically from like a storyline perspective but and and looking at things logically i mean when a guy lee is leaving he loses that's the way wrestling works Mm -hmm. um and i think they're gonna go with this by the way drew mcintyre did dominate kurt angle late last year on raw i know that you know that's something that who knows may never be touched on again on tv but i think this is something you know corbin's sticking around and this is their way to get heat with him, you know, it kind of fits his character. Hey, you know, I beat Kurt Angle in his last match and he's going to like rub it in. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I did not have a problem with it at all. I think, I think the bigger problem would probably be the Drew McIntyre loss, to be honest. And we talked about that on the show because we thought, so we expected Rollins to win as he did in the a pretty short match, first match of the show. Um, he's going to need a top heel challenger here pretty soon. And McIntyre fits that bill. And so if McIntyre beats a shield teammate, there you go. But then at the same time, we also looked at it from an emotional, emotional standpoint. We said, are they really going to have Roman Reigns after going through his, his cancer battle lose at WrestleMania? And we didn't think so. So we all picked Roman Reigns to win. Um, but the match, there was arguments for both. Yeah. The match was pretty blah though and the finish wasn't great um joe what did you think of those two matches my thoughts are very brief um (laughs) so as far as uh you know reigns mcintyre this match is fine good for you roman reigns i you know is is a fine moment um and i'm cool with corbin going over it's like you said just just conventional wisdom says it makes a lot more sense they have a lot more they benefit from it much more having having him as opposed to angle winning um now change his outfit and do something with it yeah there you go (laughs) lose the applebee's manager gimmick yes yes he does need to do that he if they want people to take him seriously he actually does need to ditch that ring gear what was the uh was it uh what was that WWE like behind the scenes show on the network that he was first featured on? Breaking Ground. Came off like, like the biggest asshole. Yeah, yeah. But he, he was he always like riding his Corbin. motorcycle around and stuff. That was just a, at least a better look for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> than what he has now. I did appreciate the Baron Corbin John Cena trolling because obviously it's 
you know, you're going right after the oh, crowd. That was so good. With that one. I appreciate oh, that was so good. God, let's talk about all the ways that Baron Corbin is a fantastic professional. Oh, right I now want people here. to stay tuned in, Kyle. Well, it's not my <laughs> fault. The people are uneducated. You know, we're like the Daniel Bryan of podcasts. We have to uh, we have to educate these, you know, unwashed masses. God, I do not. En- Bar- I do, do I- not endorse the statement. <laughs> God, do I love Baron Corbin with all my heart and soul on the side. God, thank you for reminding me about that joke because I love that when he did the job. Because the crowd ate it up. I mean, the crowd, yeah. they reacted just the way that, God, Baron Corbin pushes all the right buttons. My hat's off to you, Baron. You've got my vote. <laughs> Heel of the year, 2019 in the Observer Awards. Oh, my God. Uh, my hat's off to you. Um, oh. So I have some theory stuff to talk with Roman and Drew. Uh, let's talk about Drew. Do we need to start having the discussion that Drew McIntyre is a better main eventer in theory than in practice? Because uh, I saw somebody tweet that, and I thought that was um, – I think that rings a little true. I think Based you, on you know, what, though? Based on what? Something's missing. I, I the Like, the, again, the guys in the room, and there were, I was looking at Twitter during the match. Everyone's like, problem with this match is no one thinks Drew's winning. I'm like, really? No one thinks Drew's winning? And, you know, sure did. I mean, the guys that I was with, they're like, there is zero chance Drew McIntyre is winning this match. Like, zero. They, they, they were like, there is, they're like, what are you talking about? Drew might win. I'm like, wow, okay. And, and my Twitter timeline was feeling the same way. Hold on. I don't, is that just because it's Roman, though? Yeah, that's what I said. That's exactly what I said in our group text. Because he was facing Roman and Roman's first big match since he came back from yeah. cancer. Like, oh, yes. That's what I'm saying. But that's but like, what, I thought it had more to do with Roman than Drew. Okay. Okay. Okay, maybe it did. I don't know. We'll see how Drew moves on. But I feel there's kind of in that sentiment. Like, so uh, one of the guys who was over here had like actually put in this other group chat that I was in on Facebook. It's like, what's Drew McIntyre missing? And I answered, I'm like, I like Drew Mac a lot. I don't know if he's missing anything. But I think for some people, he possibly is missing something to be a top level main event heel. Wait a second. So did you just say Baron Corbin is your heel of the year and Drew McIntyre is missing something? <laughs> I, this no, cannot on. be real life right hold now. Hold on. Hold on. You could be a great heel and not necessarily be like top of the card. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Baron Corbin is a, a great. I'm not saying Drew McIntyre is bad. I'm just saying that, like, we all kind of envision Drew McIntyre, I think. Or not we all, but I think a lot of people is like, oh, this guy is going to be like, you know huge star for you. Nobody's saying that about Baron Corbin, but like, you know, if McIntyre, like that's what I'm talking about in theory versus in practice with McIntyre. I think we all kind of invite, you look at Drew McIntyre, you know, you listen to Drew McIntyre. Um, you're like, okay, this is, you know, this is the guy. And it just feels like, you know, when he's, since he's been on his own. Okay. There's maybe just something missing and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think the chapter has been definitively no, written. No, absolutely on not. Absolutely I mean, like, I don't not. know. I don't know that he will be, and I don't. I don't know that he won't be. But I. I do know that I haven't seen anything that tells me he's missing something yet, though. Okay, I mean, I, that's fair. I mean, it might just need to be like the right program. Th- yeah. This whole like he may yeah. have been kind of in, you know, this whole storyline with him kind of being, you know, the guy wanting to ruin Ro- ruin Roman's comeback just may have not been the right spot from although i thought they built him up well 
you know, beating up Ambrose, you know, destroying Ambrose twice on Raw, the beatdown on Roman. Those were good. You can't say that WWE didn't do a good job building them up in that spot. So I I just don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll see. You're right. We'll see moving forward. Okay, let's talk about Roman, shall we? Did you have something, Joe? There were, I was gonna say oh, before yeah, we move ahead. on, what what's the ideal spot? I, do you do you think for McIntyre to launch into now? Do you put him in an IC title program with Balor? I don't know. I hate that when guys fall down like that, you know, and they're like, "Oh, they lost a big match, but now he's going to contend for the IC title." I I never liked that booking. Um, I don't know. That's the other thing too. Him losing the way he did, I don't. Yeah. You know, clean as a sheet uh, to Roman. I don't know the answer. Yeah, me either, because you can't really put him in a universal title feud right off the bat after a loss like that. So that, that is a good question. But uh, what did you have on Roman, Kyle? Okay. So there were people that noted, yeah, there was a little booing going on in the arena, in the stadium tonight. And that match did not have a ton of heat at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman Drew. Is there a risk that, you know, Roman matches always had, you know, by God, whether you loved him or you hated him, everyone's reacting, right? That was always the big argument before, you know, before he had to give up the universal title. And then he came back and the crowd obviously gave him the reaction he deserved. But is is there like this issue potentially where a honeymoon period wears off, Rome, and then Roman people like feel guilty about booing him so they don't boo him i mean some people will but like you and roman matches are just kind of met with apathy which is the worst possible thing like even if you're somebody who's like this guy i hate roman man why do they want to make him number one babyface people were reacting those matches were hot yeah and you know i think the worst possible thing for roman would be apathy towards his matches again Maybe we're overreacting to one match, but you know, I, I would hope that, um, you know, kind of the heat returns. Yeah, I know what you matches. mean because if he doesn't have the loud boos and you're getting both ends of the spectrum, it's just you know, mild cheers and then just well, we feel bad for booing him. <laughs> so we're not this felt boo. this felt like this was like the golf clap match, you know, yeah. like I. I you know, I kind of mocked last year AJ and Nakamura calling it a golf clap match. It, this was not the same dynamic by any means, but it definitely felt like a golf. Like people are like, oh, okay, Roman, hey. But like, it just, you know, my God. I mean, you, you don't want Roman Reigns matches having no heat. That's yeah. probably the worst possible thing for him moving forward. Again, like Drew, we'll see what they have. Um, I think with Seth as the universal champion, I think Roman should go to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I think that is probably coming with the Fox deal and everything, but that that's another interesting question is where do you go with Roman now? Because uh, if you look at all the champions, they're all baby faces, you know, with the top. Like, he's not going to go for the IC title with Balor. No. He's obviously not going to go after Seth. SmackDown, he's not going to go after Kofi right now. Um, I don't know where Roman Reigns goes right now. You want him involved in something important, obviously, but uh, yes. he, I mean, he beat Drew pretty easily. So now, what's next? I don't know. So we'll see. We yeah, got like a I while said, till Money in the Well, it's 
by traditional standards, it's not a it's not a while, but it's over a month. So by recent mm -hmm. WWE standards, that's a long time until the next pay per view, guys. So and especially with Money in the Bank, and you know the way they choose to build that up, it's like all right, we do the qualifying matches, you get your eight guys, and then we just kind of just do different combinations of those eight guys and girls, of course. Um, you know, leading up to the ladder match. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned Samoa Joe in the chat. I mean, you know, I think Samoa oh, Joe and Reigns would have a great feud. Perfect chef's yeah. gift. Yeah. It's exactly and what we you, needed at the time. You, you want to talk, okay, so Brian and Kofi was definitely the best match, right? Yeah. You want to talk about the second and third mat, best matches on this card. You got to talk Baron Corbin over Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe over Rey Mysterio. I mean, <laughs> you talk about wrestling par excellence. <laughs> just, yeah. That Samoa Joe Mysterio match. Well, I was thinking, like, if that's all Mysterio could do, then maybe we should have had a substitute because he's clearly still oh, feeling also, the injury. Also, also, you think this card this card was a little short? You said you think there's room for more wrestling, is what you're saying to the <laughs> listeners. It means they could have cut elsewhere too. Like they could have taken a couple couple minutes away from that uh, Triple H Batista match. But uh, you like Samoa Joe, don't you, Ryan Drosty? I do. I do like Samoa Joe. They put him over really strong, didn't they, Ryan Drosty? Yeah very interesting to me well i mean i was expecting more <laughs> samoa joe on wrestlemania than that against Rey mysterio but I, it was, it was I, i'll be honest yeah i thought the way that went down was as good was far better for him than any 10 minute match could have been that would have gone back and forth i mean that was a, i mean they made him look strong that was the strongest i think samoa joe was made to look outside of that segment he did with paul Heyman in the brock buildup yeah he's been booked good in uh recent months for sure so um what else should we address on this card here let me look triple h batista i think we kind of hit on it that was the match that um that where the show started feeling long i think what did we think about deathmatch triple h though like he <laughs> i feel that was like a per a perfect encapsulation of triple h as a baby face just like no sympathy whatsoever he was just doing that stuff the nose ring bit was kind of cool but man it, it was everything that i dare to say feared it might be too long with an ine inevitable conclusion that being baby face triple h going over yes <laughs> it's just it was triple h getting his win Did back hadn't ever beat him one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and that's what we, what we got okay let me ask both of you this question before that match started did you feel the show was feeling long or were you tired in any way or was like that match all of a sudden the one that kind of said okay let's uh move on like where where are you like where in terms of pacing of the show did that match have a adverse effect on you for me you're right on i think that's that was kind of the turning point of the of the show i think that's pretty accurate you joe yeah, I think it was right around there. Maybe, maybe the the first uh, inklings of it started to to creep in during Reigns and McIntyre. But yeah, it was, it was right in that area. Yeah, yep, that was kind of when we hit the uh, point of no return. <laughs> it started feeling pretty long. I I would agree. I'm just, um, I'm st I know we already talked about it, so we can. But I'm stunned. I'm stunned that that match went as long as it did. Oh, I, mean, I, I knew, yeah. I mean, stuff. I knew it would get yeah. a good amount of time, but uh, so longest match on the card, then, yeah. right? Yeah, he went 30 with the freaking Undertaker last fall, man. Yeah, 
Undertaker, who turned in two years ago, and I was I'm not joking when I say this, the single worst performance by a main eventer <laughs> since Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. <laughs> and you were there. Yes, I'm yeah. referring to the Undertaker against Roman Reigns. Yeah. By the way, Booker T is an absolute hoot and a half. Can we talk about this man and how he <laughs> should it should never have been run off commentary? How about how he busted out quote? I did all my prep work for that when he did <laughs> when he after the Samoa Joe Ray match. Yeah. <laughs> Booker T is an absolute treasure. Bring this guy back <laughs> behind the mic permanently. I like Booker T. I like him. Wade Ke- Wade Keller ran him off the air. Screw you, Wade. <laughs> I would rather listen to Booker T commentate than JBL. Let me say that. Um we haven't hit on the Shane Miz match at all. I th- was- okay, I thought that was a fun match. That was a fun that that was did that match exceed expectations? And I have a you know, I whenever I watch a match, I always try to find a comparison historically to it. What match? Let me see if you can guess historical Ryan. Oh god, here we go. Don't put any pressure on me or anything. What match? It's a WrestleMania match. Do you think I compared that to Ms. Shane McMahon tonight? I thought there was an ob- based on the on the kind of brawling they did. There was a very obvious one. I thought uh, Triple H Undertaker. Which one? Seventeen. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, this and by the way, this was a better match than that match. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was. I could see that. I guess I haven't watched that match in years, but uh, they kind of brawled over to the same area. Yeah, that's what made me think about it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the spot fest that you would expect from a Shane McMahon match, and they were cool spots. And I got to say, Shane McMahon, freaking crazy man when he <laughs> when he f- took that fall off the top of the golf cart or whatever yeah, it was out of the one. cement. I, I think was that was one. not planned, but because <laughs> he kind of like slid off the top of the golf cart and then thump right right on. That was just concrete. There was nothing protecting it down there. That was insane. He Obviously, got hurt really the- bad. Yeah, most of the talk is obviously going to be about the suplex at the end, but that was the one I kind of I, I kind of had mentally noted, just going over the rail, not a short drop from the rail to the top of the golf cart, and then a tough tough drop from yeah. the from the golf cart to the floor. That was the uh, that was the biggest fall he took. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds weird, but they had the crash pad for the finish. This right. this was legit on cement. Please okay. love your son, Vince McMahon. now i did notice and two people i was watching the show with noticed on the finish and this is going to get a little nitpicky i want to see if you guys noticed it though so the way it ended is they did the big superplex off the stand and then shane was just laying on top of miz like his shoulder and his arm and so that he they're both guys were like practically knocked out so uh we got the the pinfall falls count anywhere for Shane McMahon but if he was superplexed like that he would have been beneath the miss well that's the bounce <laughs> because his arm that ended up on top of the miss is the arm i think it was his left arm that would have been behind the miss's head on the superplex and it was behind his head like when they went down so then when they ended and they didn't move oh well, he had to move the arm on top like both people i was watching with noticed that 
like he should have been beneath him. And then they showed the replay, like, oh yeah, he should have been beneath him. But I guess so. That's nitpicky, but I wanted to see if yeah, you guys I think it was the impact, that. right? The impact they hit, and his, I don't know, his arm left. I kind of got it out finish. from underneath, and yeah, I, I liked that finish. You know, other than the main event, ironically, I think this was the only other match where really you got a feud must continue type situation. Right? A lot of the, I mean, most finishes on the show are pretty freaking definitive. Pretty clean yeah. as the sheet. Um, I mean, the only other finish on the entire show where it was like, okay, this obviously leads to a rematch would be like the iconic stealing the pin against Sasha and Bailey. But... Becky um, Rowan, I guess, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, you, but... um, Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, we talked about this um, I, on the preview show you know, with Justin, when we said, you know, if we were trying to pick winners, I was like, well, if this feud's over, Miz is going to win here. If the feud continues, Shane wins and the feud's going to continue. I don't know what you have to do a stipulation match though. Right. Yeah. And what's it going to be? I, I, I don't know. I really thought the feud was going to end here. I thought, I thought the Miz was going to get the win and he'd be moving on to something else. But yeah, it's with him taking the loss. It definitely has to continue. And I don't know what George that... Mazanin on a poll. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> for the custody of George Mazanin. George Mazanin on a square it up. What's that, Kyle? How about him squaring up? Yeah. Yeah, how about him squaring up? By the way, you know, I, I'm sure he's a great man and everything. The the WrestleMania t-shirt that he was wearing looked exactly like the WrestleMania t-shirt that George Mazanin would buy. <laughs> Wasn't it like WrestleMania Brewing Club or something like that? Yeah, it just looked t-shirt. Yeah, it just looked like a shirt he wore. I, I somebody tweeted out during that match too. I had a, got a chuckle out of it. Said uh, George Rosanna never wants his feud to end because he could keep getting free tickets that way. <laughs> uh, Jake in the chat room says last man standing match between the two of them. I could see that. Yeah, that 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 would be logical since the way it went. Yeah, good uh, take, Kirk, Jake. Kirk in the chat room. Mrs. Dad should turn on his own son now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> why not yeah, why not <laughs> we'll see the feud shall continue uh the iconics winning in the tag titles somewhat unexpected there i thought but uh i'm fine with it that, yeah yeah i'm fine with it um i think the only reason that we picked is we're like well they kind of keep want to keep establishing the title it, uh, you know they want to to establish these titles you want to keep them on the inaugural champions but unless if you're going to bring the sky pirates up you really didn't have anything big on the horizon for Sasha and Bailey, right? Right. Like, it, like if they had ever retained here, there's no obvious direction on the main roster. You know, okay, well, they can work the riot squad, but none of that's really inspiring, I think, to your audience, even if it would result in maybe some good matches or something like that. So do we think they're going to get the titles back? Or are the Iconics the answer in this championship role? I'm not sure if there's a right answer to that right now. Uh, we talked a lot about the Iconics on the preview show. And mm -hmm. we all like the act. It's just that in front of a live crowd, it doesn't yeah. tend to translate very yeah, well. The, 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 there's week. crickets for the jokes all the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do, though. I, I like making it fresh, and it's a good change of pace. Uh, are they going to have it for a long time? Mm, I'm not well, sure. Well, I mean... It, yeah, a lot of TV, so I mean, no one has it for a long time. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But the Usos did retain on a show where it seemed like every title was switching hands. So 
As Kyle often says on the show, the Uso is the greatest tag team in WWE history or right up there. They're definitely making a case for that. Um, Ricochet really, in, in particular, came off like a star in this match, I thought, as he often does. Mm. Uh, they, this was a great match. Yeah, they, and this really is a match that should have. Okay, on a night where I think there's a lot of matches we thought that could have shaved time, this is one where I think I would have maybe enjoyed seeing it with more time. Yeah. Thoughts? Man. No, I agree. I thought uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black this weekend were awesome. Their match with the War Raiders on TakeOver, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I'm not the biggest War Raiders fan, but when that match started, they tore it down. That was. I mean, we're probably not going to have time to talk about TakeOver on this show. We'll get into it maybe uh, Thursday this week, but TakeOver was an awesome show. We talked about whether or not that could be the greatest TakeOver in history. It's right up there. And uh, yeah, if you look at it just as a whole weekend, Ricochet and Aleister Black, they're up there as far as MVPs go because they had two really good matches in two days. Mm -hmm. or so that's worthy of discussion too. But I think I think big things ahead for both of them on the main roster. And yeah, I would have liked to have seen this go longer. Do we split them up? We had talked about this a little bit on the pre-show too. <sighs> I did you know, we yeah, we talked about this weeks ago too, about whether we mm -hmm. liked it and if it was stunning their growth, especially Ricochet, because I think he is going to be a big single star eventually. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of growing to like them as a team right now. I don't know that I want to see them split up yet. Joe, you have thoughts on that? I would actually, I mean, nothing against them as a team. They've been entertaining. They've had great matches. I wouldn't mind seeing them go their separate ways, though. Uh, you know, if, the, if this isn't a long-term thing, I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. I think the key is they can't stand on their own. Um, you know, we're not going to get too much to take over. But when you look at the guy who's now the NXT champion, Johnny Gargano. I think if I was to rank Gargano against Black and Ricochet, Gargano's in the rights is clearly the guy. Gargano is better as being the top baby face at NXT than either of those two guys are, in my opinion. If, if you if you had to give me a pick, all right, who do we build NXT around? Who's the top baby face for this brand? I'm picking Johnny Gargano. The other two, though, ironically, I think have higher immediate ceilings for the main roster. Ricochet, um, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of talented workers in this company, but Ricochet does stuff that 98% of the roster doesn't can't do. So he stands out. Black, mm -hmm. cool entrance, cool look. He stands out. Gargano is over like he is because of a deep emotional connection with the NXT audience. That will not translate right away to the main roster. And success on the main roster is kind of having kind of that immediate cachet. Um, and in that regard, I think Black and Ricochet have a leg up on him. Yeah. One of the things that makes Gargano so good too is he was losing that emotional connection. And that could be a long discussion on the heel turn, the ill advised heel turn of him. And when that match started at TakeOver, like he was probably getting what, like a third or a quarter of the support in that venue. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't popular, but by the by the end, yes. he was getting the majority of the cheers. Yes. So that that, that, that is a very good take. Yes. When we break that down was an emotional over, that, journey. Was, that was that was in my that was in my notes that that is a massive, massive mark in Johnny Gargano's favor that he, you know, you're right. The people were chanting for Adam Cole at the start of the match by the end. And yeah, Gargano this is had the most, palm of their hand. This is the most hardcore wrestling audience you can be in front of. Take over during WrestleMania weekend. And Johnny Gargano was so good that he went from being the underdog to being the guy that everyone wanted to see to win at the end. So 
not the underdog, yeah. but being the guy they were booing to the guy they were cheering. So I thought that was great. But uh, I, I think I would agree with that too. I think Ricochet right now in the main roster, his prospects are very, very high. And so I'm fine with him doing the tag team for a little while longer. It shouldn't be like a, a super long-term type thing. But uh, I don't know. We'll see where you go. I think I think they'll probably play into it a little bit longer that they want to win the tag team titles. Mm. Um, but we'll see. Uh, um, I have a st- I have an advanced stat for everybody. Let's okay. go next gen. Let's hear it. I'll uh, credit Chad Campbell from Place uh, to Be Nation on this one, since I am blatantly lifting it from his Twitter feed. <laughs> since Triple H became a part timer in 2011, he's had the longest Mania match in every one except number 29, which was edged, which was edged out by one second by Rock versus Cena and 32, uh, which was still a 27-minute match, or as Chad referred to it on his Twitter line, a 27-minute atrocity. <laughs> so, so tri- yeah, Trips gets that time, man. <laughs> Gotta love it. And he gets those entrances, too. We had the Mad Max entrance tonight, yes. Yeah, I, I love how somebody tweeted right before his entrance, quote, really interested to see what uh, movie Triple H and Stephanie have been watching recently. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. Could have shaved some minutes off the show with that one. I have That's a question funny. for you guys. All right. As I've had a lot of questions tonight. This are matches like Triple H and Batista where you bring this part-timer. You, you, it's, just, it, it's basically a part-timer against the guy you brought back, right? Don't you think, I get why they do it at WrestleMania. You know, I get why the guys would want to do it at WrestleMania. But looking like at, you know, kind of keeping that fan interest over the course of the year and all these different pay-per-views shows, wouldn't you be better served doing that match on a show not that's not WrestleMania? That's Or that's not a gimmick show, not a Money in the Bank, like a show that sort of needs an identity? Yeah, give it a boost. Yeah, give it a boost and be like, okay, we're kind of looking at our storylines aren't that, you know, aren't that great. We don't have anything totally fresh to main event this, you know. Um, hey, let's bring Batista back for this one. And, and, and this pay-per-view's identity will be about that match. That's yeah. just a thought. I mean, I get why they do it at WrestleMania, but man, to me, it's like, I, I think it would do the timing of a WrestleMania favors. And I think it would do favors for the lesser pay-per-view. That's just me. I could be, I'm sure maybe someone smarter could listen to that and say, you're real dumb and tell me why, but. (laughs) No, I agree. And I think Batista would do it too, willingly. I mean, here's a guy who's been wanting to come back for years. He wanted to work the house show circuit for a long time. So I think, I think they could have talked him into that, but uh, I no, I agree because this is a show that doesn't need that match for sure as a selling point. Um, So like, all right. So, well, all right. So the upcoming pay-per-views, Money in the Bank, Extreme Rules is July 4th. Do they have nothing announced for June? June is usually Money in the Bank, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but that I got think... moved up to the 19th. Yeah, I think they reduced the pay-per-views this year by like two, didn't they? Yeah. Or something. So that, that yeah, cool Extreme good. Rules isn't until July? Yeah. I feel that <laughs> I feel I read something about this and I feel I should I should know. I don't know. So we only have one pay-per-view in the next three months then? I find that hard to believe. There's going to be something in June. Maybe it's just not announced. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. That was according to wikipedia.com. Maybe that wasn't (laughs) the best place to go to. Can't use Wikipedia as a source, Mr. Ross. 
Although Wikipedia is usually pretty reliable, so we'll see. Uh, did we not? I think we've hit actually on every single match. On the Except, um, I don't think we did. Because we um, even hit the AJ and Orton. Yeah, we oh, didn't do AJ well, and Orton. AJ and Orton. Yeah, that was one. <laughs> I, I guess I Insert mentioned that as Dave one. Insert Dave review here. What's that? Insert Dave Meltzer review here. I feel like every Dave Meltzer review of a Randy Orton match could be applied to this match. Solid work. <laughs> Solid work. Stuff. Went for the RKO. I mean, the big story was AJ kicking out of the RKO and winning. I mean, we talked about that psychologically. That should have been the story of the match. AJ working against the RKO. He overcame it and won. Yeah, so I picked, I think I picked uh, Orton on the pre-show because I thought that this was one, or the preview show. I thought this was one or a feud that they would continue. Um, I guess they still could, but by usual wrestling booking, maybe if, if Orton won, AJ's still looking to get the win and they continue on for a while, but uh, they did not go that route. I thought the match was fine. I thought it was going to be maybe a little better than it was, but it was still a good match, um, which is the, I guess that's the Meltzer review for you right there. Joe, what'd you think of that one? I thought it was fine. Justin joint really nailed it last week where he said, uh, you know, they, they kind of booked the, what everyone thought was going to be the finish for this match on last week's SmackDown where you have uh, Orton going over well, standing tall uh, after an attempted phenomenal forearm lands into an RKO, which it, I mean, it, it would have been nice to, to save that for WrestleMania just because if only because it, it's the only time that move ever would have made any sense. Every other time they do that spot, it's the, you know, what Christian did for 10 years where it's just like a jumping dead body into Randy Orton's RKO. And it's like, even if, you know, what move were you trying to do? So this would have been the only time it made sense. Um, but I think like I like the way they played the match. Like anytime you can adequately book a match where you're incorporating history and you know you've shown that guys are doing their homework. Um, you know, the the first spot they did where AJ faked the phenomenal forearm and then I like Orton went the RKO fell straight on his back and then uh styles hit him with the splash. Like I, I really like that spot. I, I thought the ring psychology was pretty good in this one. Nice. Kyle, any closing thoughts? Uh, Backlash is June 16th in San Diego. So that's a show that doesn't have an identity right there. To my oh, point. that's, that's so right. Because I looked at the calendar. They, they flip-flop Money in the Bank and Backlash. So yeah. let, let's let, let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind when we're talking about Backlash in June. Let's see what the main event for that show is. And we'll kind of revisit my theory there for that. I did um, see that on a calendar because I yeah. thought that would be a good destination pay-per-view to go to. San Diego, California. Oh my God. Um, other than that, no. I mean, what uh, star rating, Brian and Kofi? Mm. I'd say right offhand, I feel like maybe four and a quarter ish. Yeah, I'd say between four, four and a half. I got four, four and a half in there. Like, I, or four and a half. Yeah, four to four and a half. Yeah. What I'm, right in I like to watch a match twice. Yeah. When I know the result and I can really evaluate where they were going. <laughs> I like to break down the tape to get that really appropriate rating. That's the true wrestling nerd in you right there. Yes. Joe, what would you give it on a five-star scale? Uh, I, you know, I was right there with you. I was going to say somewhere between four and four and a half. So I guess call it four and a quarter. But yeah, uh, like I said before, this is this is it. This is peak pro wrestling right here. Yes. 
So, man, guys, I'm I am really tired. So unless you have anything else, I think we need to wrap it up. <laughs> I got to get this mix so that all those crazies that didn't stay up late with us can hear this on their morning commute. With the podcast put up. Any closing yeah. thoughts? People are feeding for. It. I thought. Um, no, I thought it was a good WrestleMania. Probably not top ten, but a good WrestleMania. I'd say top half for sure. Yes, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I in my pecking order, and you know that's it's always fluid. I would have it very near, probably in the same tier as the last two years. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for me, I liked it better than last year. Like I said earlier, and. Maybe I I think I might put it ahead of all of them since 31. 31 was a damn good WrestleMania. 31 is a top five WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. 30 and 31 would both be in my top five. Yeah. Um, since 31, but, looking at 32, 33, 34, I think, uh, yeah, I think I might have sl- had this slightly ahead of those. The but, booking, you can't complain about that on this show. I mean, the booking was a lot. I mean, remember last, you know, some of the undercard matches like Jinder, you know, God bless his soul, winning the U.S. title and, you know, Oscar tapping clean. And there was some other stuff last year where, you know, obviously the main event where people were scratching their heads. I just don't think in terms of winners and losers tonight, I just don't think there were any head scratchers. And when is the last time we said that at WrestleMania? No, I know. I thought I thought it was by the but book. Like, it was what all the fans wanted to see for the most part. I mean, you can... Watching this show, it's hard to say WWE does not listen to their fans because they gave you pretty much everything you wanted. On this I night. mean, would, would you have to go back to 30 for the last time that, like, you know, really in terms of who won, it was, you know, the right moves for business? Yeah. Possibly. Although 30 had, although, you know what? I'll, you know, I, I'm a big Cena guy. I thought John Cena should not have beaten Bray, Bray Wyatt at that WrestleMania. Yeah, that was one of especially because the yeah their feud continued and stuff, and Bray did get a win in that terrible cage match they did, I think a month later. But um, was that the Demon Child one? Yes. Yeah, that that was very bad. Yeah. Um, But you know, and then you know, some people probably still this day question whether it was right to have Brock on the streak. Who knows? Um, But you know, this this there was just. I don't think there's anything controversial about the booking. It was like, yep, these people should win. They've been built up this way, and they did. Babyface mania, as Justin Joint would say. Mm-hmm. It was very much so. So, all right. Well, that was WrestleMania 35. It's in the books. Fellas, next year, Tampa. Joe and I talked about this. I know Joe's thinking about heading down to Florida. Kyle, are we going to meet up in now. Tampa next year? Um, there's always a good chance because my, uh, I will have to coordinate it because it seems that my family will always be going down to Florida that time of year. So if we can kind of like, uh, coordinate it with mania week. Yeah. We'll see. Joe. And you said it is, it is in the discussion for you, right? It's yeah. It's in the discussion. We shall see. Would love to share an adult beverage with you. (laughs) Maybe we can make it happen. Oh yeah. All right, Joe, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Staying up late over in the Eastern time zone. So, uh, yeah, uh, I got uh, work in uh, three hours. So, yeah. Nah. Oh, man. I hear you. Thank you guys for having me on. I uh, I almost didn't come back. I was trying to think of the last time I was on the show. It was like almost a year ago. And I was like, oh, man, what were we talking about? And then I recalled that my last words ever on Top Rope Nation were, quote, 
fuck Ultimate Warrior and fuck Mula. <laughs> I was like, maybe I shouldn't go back on. Maybe I should just George says it all right there. go out on top. I'll never say another thing. <laughs> then I thought maybe it would be a fun gimmick. Like it just every time I'm on the show at the end of it, I'm just like, oh yeah, fuck Dino Bravo or whatever. Just whoever pops into my head. <laughs> That's awesome. You're not gonna get much disagreement with us on those two, I don't think. <laughs> oh man yeah we got to get you back on more though it's always fun like i said at the beginning joe wrote with us at top rope press he's been on top rope nation a few times always fun to have him so uh we'll, we'll we'll get you back on real soon it won't be as long next time i promise yeah i was gonna say thank you guys for having me i'm looking forward to being back on an episode where i'm not punch drunk slash <laughs> literally drunk <laughs> slash you sleep know. deprived yeah 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 yeah. You know what this podcast and WrestleMania have in common? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this one. Should have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you can't say too long because we haven't been going that long. But All right. Well, with that being said, those of you watching on YouTube, appreciate the support. It was fun joining in the chat room tonight. If you want to join us live each and every week as we record just like this with the exclusive video stream, find that at patreon.com slash top rope nation for one dollar a month otherwise you can check us out each and every week wherever podcasts are found the audio is always posted to youtube uh, the day after we record so subscribe on youtube subscribe on itunes leave us a rating and uh, check us out topropenation.com on twitter at top rope nation you can also find us on facebook and instagram so with that being said i am ryan drosty here for Kyle Ross and Joe Dorian, and we will catch you guys next time. Take care. Peace. Peace. have pen fed that's a fact i have pen fed that's a fact my credit card purchases get me cash back my credit card purchases get me cash back no one else gets these rewards sergeant that is just plain untrue what in tarnation sir PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.